Hi everyone and welcome to the October 2023 Menslink Midweeker, proudly supported by Lennox Volkswagen and the Statesman Hotel and featuring Francis Awusu from Culture Break. Menslink Midweekers are all about discussing the issues facing young guys in the community. Each Midweeker brings together people from all corners of the community, business owners, sports people, politicians, community leaders and the wider community to share stories about how they've been supported throughout their life. Every Midweeker features a well-known Canberran talking about their life's journey and the challenges they have overcome to get where they are today. Midweekers are a great way to hear inspiring stories from Canberran leaders, learn a little bit more about Men's Link and our great work, and meet old friends and new friends in a friendly setting. Hi, Ben Gavacol, Men's Link CEO. Men's Link has been supporting young men in Canberra region for over 20 years through our free counselling, volunteer mentoring, and education programs. In that time, we've helped thousands of young guys get through tough times or lonely times with the least amount of pain or harm to themselves or to those around them. We help young guys reach their full potential and become the great adult men that we want to be because we believe everything is possible. If you're a young guy who's looking for some support or you know someone who needs some support or you're a school, head to menslink.org.au to find out more and we hope to see you at Midweeker soon. Remember, if you need help after hours, get in contact with Lifeline 131114 or visit lifeline.org.au. In this Midweeker held in October 2023, we heard from Francis Awusu from Culture Break. Francis has used his love of dance to stimulate others to build their confidence and self-belief as it did for him. A child of Ghanaian parents, Francis grew up in Victoria where he endured racism born of ignorance, which almost propelled him towards a life of crime. Moving to Canberra, he turned his life around through dance, going on to study finance banking at university by day and exploding on stage by night as a member of the band 925. He has worked with major recording artists Marsha Hines, John Stevens, and Guy Sebastian during his career. Driven by a determination to share his good fortune, he organised after-school dance lessons for children. And so, over the past decade, Francis and Culture Break have performed with thousands of children in schools, community centres and jails, inspiring and motivating them. For Francis, Culture Break is a reflection of his belief that life is not characterised by what you have received, but what you can give. Francis started out by talking to the importance of resilience when leading a non-profit here in Canberra and also how the connection with Men's Link has strengthened recently. It was a really beautiful experience to connect with you and uh, I've found, and we've known Men's Link and had some involvement over the years and have done some you know, events together, but I've got to say, um, you coming on and being so open and so willing, and not only just to be open so willing, but not just say we want to support but but actually came and did that by being involved with our 24-hour movement challenge. And brought, and I'm still sore. He's still sore. He's still sore. And he brought his crew and, uh, and that's, uh, so I got to, you know, Dave's back there and a few other members there uh, and they're all, and really supportive. So we're really looking forward to, uh, we've got a meeting tomorrow, obviously, to talk blue sky about how we can work more collaboratively together. And I think that's what I love about um, the post-COVID world, more opportunities to collaborate. Um, you realize when you, then you go through what we've all gone through, um, the isolation that comes with, uh, leading an organization. Um, I know when we, when the news came, we had to shut, close down, sitting in, in our, in our front room of our organization, all the staff there and have them tell them that, uh, we're, we're closing the doors. 
and we don't know when we're going to reopen and tears and emotions and, and uh, going through that. And um, it was really tough. And then send people home and you don't know what's happening next. But as the leader, you can't shut off. It's not as if you can go and watch Netflix and go, that's all good. I'll wait for the, I'll wait for the word. So when we're open, you have to be adding fit. So the clock, the meter still runs. You're clicking, you're going, okay, what's next? What do we need to do? How are your people? What is... And i got to say, I didn't realize how much of a toll it took until the beginning of this year, and, until last year. When, when we reopened again and everything seemingly was normal, I realized that I wasn't normal. Last September, um, I remember getting a phone call from my wife saying, whatever you're doing, stop and get down here now. Now, when you're at home and uh, people at work and saying, stop, just get down here, I just knew something was up. And when I arrived, when I arrived there, I saw the staff all outside the building. We're, we're, down, we're, we're down in Arendelle. They're outside, they're crying. And uh, I looked at the door and I saw the door had been smashed in. Walking and door and the whole, whole, our whole office had been, uh, had been um, demor- um, vandalized and uh, not wall holes and walls, uh, water thing through through desks down up down there, everything smashed plates, everything, the whole place was a mess. And then the police arrived uh, and uh, take a look at the place, and they walked in and walked out. We're outside on the tarmac, staying there, and the policeman said to me, "Well, what do you think happened here?" He said, "Question like, yeah, we got break into." So I took the the the, the diplomatic approach of saying. Uh, yeah, I think um, opportunists, um, people were just coming in and the police officer looked in my face and said, I disagree. And I said, oh. And I said, why you say that? He said, um, the writing on the wall. We believe we take, we do a lot of breaking ins in this area in Tuggeron. We, we tend to this quiet, but this is unusual. Uh, we believe you've been targeted. And um, there are all just um, taunts written all over walls and, and stuff and um, and they did a really good job on that. And so we sent the staff off home to work after we'd been in lockdown and uh, they were used to working from home. So I sent them home again for five weeks while the building got repaired. And then we got back in for a week. And then we got broken to it again the second time. And I think that's where it really hit me personally because the first time I was being resilient and telling the guys, we're going to be good, you know, leader, we'll get through this. The second time when it happened, the Arendelle College managed to get camera footage of the, of the young gentleman walking to the building and you could see them in the building at night. And, um, and so the police came again and were there looking at the footage and revisiting that again. I think I felt a sense of defeat. And I was at loss because I, the police officer, when they came to it, they said, oh, culture break. We know culture break. You do great work in the community. We, we don't understand as to why you were targeted. And so I'm there thinking, is there something that we've done wrong? Is there, is our messaging? I started to question myself, question the organization, question who we were. And I couldn't really felt, this is one of the things that challenges us as leaders, is that, 
you've got to be the strong one. So you don't want to show vulnerability. And so you don't want to, because if I rocked up there and they saw, he's, he can't handle it, how do we, we get through it, you know? And so I think I internalized it. And by November last year, I started to have crippling anxiety. To the point where we'd have a function at a plane club. We circled the building for half an hour. I couldn't get out of the car. I didn't want to be in front of people. I was, my heart, my chest was just tight. My wife eventually, God bless her, she was strong. She eventually got me out of the car and held me like an old man across the road into Helene Club. And I started to know that I was sort of breaking down. And then in December, we're, we're breaking up. We had staff issues, um, changeover, people leaving, changeover. We knew that was some was planned, some wasn't. And then January, I thought, great, go have a holiday, break. It's good as you know, as uh, get fresh. I come back the first day I go back on 9th of January, I get back to work. I get a phone call outside. And I've been paranoid ever since the breaking number of times and stuff. And so I've just a bit of heightened. And then within the next, I get a phone call about out that something's happened with my personal account. And so I'm checking my um, feed and saying it's from a bank. So I'm calling them, ringing them and stuff. And that, well, to cut long story short, within a few hours, I had been scammed and we had every single cent that we owed was gone. Um, they had managed to purport themselves to be a bank from Macquarie Bank had uh, seen us messages as if they were the bank and had gone into our accounts, transferred the money out of our accounts and, um, and then locked our accounts. And by the time we got in there, the couple was bare. And at that point, I just, I collapsed in the office. And um, at that point, my wife, Susie, called my friend, Michael, and said, get down here now, this guy, is is losing it and so here i am on the couch and michael just came in and uh he said you're not driving you're coming with me and i said no i'm driving he said no you want to fight me i'm gonna fight you right now i said you're gonna have to get past me to get to the car and uh and then i knew you were serious at point so i was too weak to fight so i succumbed but he took me away for the next few days i was i was a point of suicidal and I thought to myself, how can a guy who speaks of resilience, talks about you are somebody, has a positive message, how could I myself end up here where I'm struggling to find my purpose and, 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 and will to go on? And it got to the point where I found myself, it's funny, I laugh now, is I got out of bed at 3 a.m., and I said to my wife, I need to get out. I just need to get out. And I'm just wearing my undies. And I got into the street, walking on my three And she came and grabbed me. She said, you're out of your mind. Back in the light. She's like, and I can't, remember, I can't remember how I got to a point, but I, I was just losing my mind. And she said, you need to t- take a break. And so I had to then reassess where I was at. Uh, I had to go into my board and say, I'm not coping. I need a break. And they then I went on part time, and I, since then I've been in, the, in this road of reassessing my life, 
and where where I've run aground and where I need to adjust and get my priorities straight. So for me, resilience prior to my experience and prior to that was bouncing back. You hit a wall, you bounce back and you're Superman or Superwoman and you go ahead. Now I've got a different, I've got a different perspective of what resilience means. I found out that for me, not as infallible as I thought it was. I thought I had the capacity to take anything I thought I could do on my own. And people would say, if you need help, I can help you and all kind of stuff. And I thought, no, I'm strong enough. I found that I wasn't as strong as I was, as I thought I was. I was a superman. And I was, for the first time in a long time, I think I was able to stand myself in the mirror and admit that to myself, that it was okay to say that I wasn't okay. And... Part of the part of the challenge for me why where where that barrier, that sort of that outward barrier I was carrying was that sense of people can't see me like this. People shouldn't know I'm like this. And if they do, there's something wrong with what I'm representing. And I had to humble myself and face that and going vulnerability is strength. And to let people in and to now what I'm doing now is now I'm more communicating to people that these struggles are real and it's okay to be at the point of despair. Um, and not, I just didn't know what to do. So I think what it benefited me in this time, which unfortunately so many men in particular don't have, is that if you build a network around you when times are good, when times are bad, there are people that can step in. And a couple of years ago, my good friend Michael again said to me, all you're doing is working, 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 working. You're not investing in your relationships around you. And he really he really squared me in the eye. Uh, and that sort of forced me to sort of look beyond not just I'm okay, but who I'm building with me now because I don't know what, is lying down the track. And so I think that's one of the things I encourage young men generally to do, but men, uh, anyone, is to invest in building relations, strong relationships. So people who aren't just there to tell you, hey, mate, it's all good, let's hang out, let's do that, but can look you in the eye and go, don't tell me bullshit. What's really going on? And I think having those kind of people in your line having when you go through a time like I went through was what I think was intervention and saved saved but could, could have ended you know a lot worse than just bringing out this outside our midweekers are proudly supported by Lennox Volkswagen for more than 50 years the friendly staff at Lennox Volkswagen have been selling and servicing new and used vehicles in Canberra and the surrounding region Throughout those 50 years, Lennox Volkswagen has been and continues to be a great supporter of the Canberra community, and that includes Men's Link. Whether you need a new SUV, passenger, camper or commercial vehicle, support those who support us. Visit lennoxvolkswagen.com.au or head into the showroom at 150 Melrose Drive, Phillip and let them know that Men's Link sent you. I've been so involved for 20 plus years of giving, giving, giving out to the community, helping, going out. Then I think what happens, I lost who I was, my, lesson, my, my soul, my sense of myself, who I was outside Culture Break. 
And it's been quite confronting, to be honest, because I think, well, if I'm not doing this, and if I'm not doing that, what am I? What, what is my, who am I outside Culture Break? And I'd go through many years when we've had challenges in the past Culture Break, I would think of the reason why I keep doing Culture Break and the reason why I keep doing what I'm doing is for the kids. And so I have a picture of a young person going, if I'm not there from them, then what's going to be? Yeah, who is? I never thought the question, I'm not right for me. And how can I be there for them? And I think that was the missing thing that I didn't face for many, many years, which I'm confronting now. So for me, it's been an interesting year because I, I think, well, if I'm not doing culture break, what is, what's my, what's my next step? And I think of my kids, you know, as well. And my son, my middle son, particularly, he's really passionate about AFL and I want to be there for him through his journey. I don't want to be a, a, a present absent father where I might show up to the, his events and stuff, but I'm just not there. I want to be a present dad. Um, and so it's, it's unpacking a lot of, I guess, leaves that I've built over this campfire uh, that I, of my life um, that have been smoldering and now have now, in a sense, you know, choked me. Francis then went on to explain what he's doing in that space that he has worked so hard to create for himself to focus on. I think that one of the things that I'm doing is, is a valuing what's already there. I was down at a cafe in Wollongong. I saw this on, on the wall, the cafe. Gratitude is taking what you had and turning it into an art. And I thought, wow, that really hit me. And I looked around and I, I'm, I've become more grateful for what's around me, for my family, for the moments, about creating family moments. So just last week I took you know, time off and... First, almost felt like first time in a long time, I went away to Sydney and I didn't have any care in the world of what was happening at work. And I thought, that's a starting point. And be present with my family, with my kids, and the moments with them. And I don't think I realized that I was missing those things. So I think gratitude, becoming more present of the moments. Um, one of the challenges we just started in our home was after 9 p.m., no electronics, hard stop. And we put a challenge, a 21-day challenge that we're going to do so we can be present. I can spend time with my, with my partner, my wife, um, my kids. The other thing that, that I've always done but is, is CrossFit. I love CrossFit. I don't do it with Katie. Uh, she's there as well. Not same class, but I've taken on extra session. So I've done um, doing it. Actually, I'll go on Tuesdays and uh, Thursdays. Tuesdays just for me. I do one-on-one. So I'm finding uh, a session for myself. I've started this breathing, breathing work and stuff, which is really something that just, I've only started doing it, but um, doing, taking that to do, you know, my eight minutes of breathing work, um, just to calm, because I've just find that I was feeling I was short of breath. I was just anxious, sort of panting, um, short of breath. So I've started this thing where you, um, it sounds really weird, but take my shoes off, earth lie feet on the ground, and walking around and take 10 deep breaths, 33 times um, thing, and just doing that in the mornings. Some of you may know, I'm also a man of faith. So my faith in God has helped, helped me get through uh, the times. Because when, 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 when you get when police with everything you've got, and you've literally got nothing, it's uh, quite an interesting experience. Because um, we had food stamps, and we're going to Coles. I'm like, 
<laughs> can't believe it's happening. And um, without it, Cole's down, she's um, trying to work out what we need this week. And we try to shield it from the kids. So the, the anxiety at that time, I hid it from my children because um, I needed to, I didn't want my children to panic. But I think, I think it's about, for me, how I got through it is a bit of meditation. I accepted the situation. I just accepted it. I didn't fight it. And it calmed my soul because I, I was in denial. This isn't happening. This isn't happening. This isn't happening. This shouldn't be like that. I need to be doing that. And I got to the point when we got to about four, about four weeks into the idea that we've got no money. We may never see it again because the bank said that, look, this is very rare that you'd find the thing. Uh, this we get money back. And then we're just, we're just going to start again. And about three, I just I remember sitting in my rumpus room and I just got this moment and I went, you know what? I'm going to accept it. It's okay. It's actually okay. And that just calmed me down, that point in point. And I wasn't anxious anymore about what could happen in the future. I was accepting where I was right at that point. And that, I think, to me was a turning point. The other part was my wife. She's... Um, uh, she's Macedonian and uh, she's got that fire in her belly. <laughs> um, and when things go upside down, she just said, go on and just said, right, we are doing this. You are not doing that. We are going to go here and this stuff. And she just was really a strong pillar. So having uh, my wife, loved ones, but I think accepting it was the turning point. And I let my staff know because a lot was hidden. I sort of kept it quiet. I, didn't want to, I went to work and I said, this is what's happened. And they were very compassionate and embracing. And, and there was probably that fear of embarrassment and things are all over the place um, that I anticipated was not there. In fact, I got more support, more, more help and more people um, empathizing with my situation. Francis then spoke about where he's going now, having been able to take some time off and reset and look forward. I took, I took time off work so i did two and a half months of going part-time so i finished up in june and back in a sense full-time what i'm doing right now um i'm taking more time for myself um i'm writing a book which i'm three quarters away in and something that i've been wanting to do for a long time but i've not done so i'm i'm reassessing what francis wants to do who francis is and where francis can go and how I can be of more value to the community from a, from a more place of a grounded self. What I have done is I've slowed down. It just took me, it's taken me six months to put the foot on the brake and steer the car down to a slow enough pace to catch what's going past me because I was just had the foot on the throttle like Bathurst going around the circuit uh, trying to beat my previous lap, trying to beat it, let's try, trying to, trying to think about podium finish so that I can run it. Yeah, the man, you've done this so well. To now go, I'm going to be driving Miss Daisy. I'm going to slow her right down. <laughs> and so for me, it's about slowing right down um, and assessing. And to be honest, where I end up, whether it's a, it's a different phase or where I end up with more organization culture break, I want to stay connected. So if you want to listen to podcasts, I'm not leaving, but... Um, but it might change 
it is a sense of tranquility and, and the sense of it's okay. Like I, I wouldn't have spoken so candidly or openly till months ago about where, where I was. Uh, I, I think that sense of being real uh, and being open, um, I've, I've spoken and talking through so many young people and families who have gone through worse things than I've gone through. I mean, <laughs> I'm here. Some don't make it. And that's a, a, a legacy that they have to live with. So I'm the fortunate one. So I don't, I don't feel any sense of, look, feel sorry for me. I'm grateful for what I've gone through because it's made me a more grounded and more open and more honest with myself. And I hope that that can inspire and encourage the people that, I, that hear this, that you don't have to be a man of steel and just sort of armor and, and that sort of stuff. You actually can, can walk day to day with an openness and, and have scars that, that are open wounds that people can see. That's now have to keep covering them up. Uh, and I think that's what people want. People want realness. They don't want nothing else. That's what I love about your message. Silence is deadly. It means like I love that. Francis then fielded some questions. The first asked how the changes he has made has impacted the relationships he has. Definitely the workplace. That's changed. The conversations. Like we've, we have got a lot of new staff. And the conversations we are having this week in particular and uh, the last couple of weeks has really um, shed a lot of light and, lot of, and brought people a sense of relief and comfort that our organization is embracing and more open about mental health and the impacts it has. There, we're constantly, um, you know, we've got young, uh, some of our young team taking time off as we speak. And we're supporting and they're so appreciative. So we've not had an organization. We've come from prior. So definitely in the workplace, it's become a conversation. I think we can still be, we're talking about today, actually, we can still be more noisy and loud about that. In the home, I think it's shown that dad isn't that sort of, superhero dad is an armor dad, you know, with the military hat on. That's so weird. Oh, yeah, yeah, so it's up. It's more... The, the vulnerable dad, the, the dad that doesn't have it all together, the dad that's dad. And I think it's really grounded in my relationship with my children of me not having to pretend, not so much was pretending, but portraying that I had to just be strong for them. I think it's now we've had conversations where we can actually, they can see, they saw it um, from, my, from my, my wife. I think it's um, been really good for her. And I think for the wider community, I have more conversations now. So I think that to answer your question, that's, I think it's done a lot of good uh, across many sectors of my life, in, in, intersections of my life, and I hope that it continues to grow. The next question asked Francis about, considering his recent struggles, how he sees resilience now. The words becomes a bit of a buzzword of um, resilience is just being, you know, bouncing back, being tough and, and all stuff, whereas I, I like to use the, the word to use resistance to build resilience. And I, I think of gym training because I train. The thing is, there's something in, in the gym we call um, the eccentric phase is when you bring things down slowly to bring it back up. And, and, re- and the word resistance means um, to a force to act to slow something or stop something, you know, from happening. And so my idea now is that when you're going through tough times is find ways to bring your bar down slowly rather than just let it whack on you and thinking and bounce it back up. It's like gratitude recognizing um i have this thing i call the three rg now so um number one i'd say you gotta recognize don't pretend be, be, be open um number two reach out 
Um, number three, uh, resist, um, which is giving, um, bailing is not stopping. It's not me. It's and you don't get back up. Uh, and then the G is the gratitude. So I call it 3RG. And, and I think that's more, it's resilience is not so linear anymore. It's more like, it's like a, an ecosystem that around you, different parts that play its role in making you resilient. I think that's what we need to better let people know different parts to it. The next question asks Francis about whether or not his journey has changed the way he himself looks at other people and relationships. I feel like I've been an empathetic person, but it's gone to a whole new level. Because when you've gone, because you always sort of be as a sort of as a counsel, support person, mentor, you sort of so external and you sort of thinking you help that. But I think now that me going through it myself, going through that journey, I think it's just really slowed me down not to run to rush the conclusions as to what is going on in people's lives. There's so many complexities that go and what brings people to where they're at. And I think this is going to help me to have a bit more a wider and a deeper understanding of the challenges that people go through. You know, yesterday I ran into a young lady who wanted to buy my car. I was trying to sell my car, got a new work car. And, and she came to me and... Um, she said, got four, I've got a couple number of kids. And anyway, long story short, she didn't have enough money to buy the car. Uh, but she was interested in getting her kids in culture break. So, you know, didn't have enough money. So we just said to her, you know what? We'll just get your kids in culture break at no cost. She's struggling, trying to get things. But I walked away going, what? So my wife last night going, man, she's a touch a tough, resilient woman because she's got five kids, all have different challenges. And yet she has, and she was so embarrassed that she couldn't pay because she said, I'm not the car and then walked away yesterday afternoon with the, not without the car. And she felt so embarrassed to come tell me that. And I had a whole different perspective on that. And so much empathy towards her that it must take a lot of courage for her to have come and told me that and to go through what she's going through. So I think it's just, yeah, it's just like the, the glasses, the, the tents of the glasses have been lifted up a bit more and now seeing from two, another lens. So and the last question noted Francis' comments about humility earlier on and asked how important humility is and what role it plays now he has moved forward from a difficult position. Humility is a thing and that's where the vulnerability is connected to that, right? Of just going, oh, I don't have it all together and being humble enough. And the pride, because I think, you know, pride, I think with pride it hides itself. And so you think you're, you're, you're humble, but you're, you're prideful. A, you don't, you know, when people offer help, you say, no, I'm right, I'm all right, I'm all right. Because trying to think I can do it, but it's actually pride. And to be able to just go, you know, go back that center of humility and go, it's actually a safe space. And humility is not a weakness, it's a strength. Um, has really been a strong pillar, yeah, 100% uh, of coming back to. So when I'm sort of flying off sort of thing, that's sort of grounding thing that brings me back to a grounding. Um, and I just want to continue to walk in humility uh, and not get to the point of going, oh, yeah, you know, done that. That's all good. I'm strong again. It's just my challenge for me is to stay in that, in that uh, as I build myself and build is to stay in that area and mold myself. And I think the events of the last 12 months in particular is a good reminder um, to reflect back on. As we heard from Francis earlier, 12 months ago, he wouldn't have spoken so openly and candidly about his difficult journey. 
but I know that everybody listening is so grateful that he has now because there was lots of really powerful and important messages in what he said. So a huge thank you to you again, Francis, for sharing with us all. If you enjoyed hearing from Francis, why not come to our next Midweeker? They are a great way to hear inspiring stories from Canberran leaders, learn a bit about Men's Link and our great work, and meet old friends and new friends in a friendly setting. These talks, they can go in many directions, so come prepared to hear anything. Midweekers are open to everyone, men, women, and young people interested in discussing issues affecting young guys in our community. Men's Link Midweekers are a free event and are held on the second Wednesday of each month at the Statesman Hotel in Curtin. And again, we thank you for the Statesman's support. There's no need to RSVP, just turn up from 6pm with the guest speaker to start from 6.15. You can grab a feed from the Statesman's Bistro before or after the event. And of course, Men's Link Midweekers are proudly supported by Lennox Volkswagen. A reminder that if you're a young guy who is looking for some support, you know someone who is, or you're a school, head to menslink.org.au to find out more about how we can help. However, if you need help after hours, please get in contact with Lifeline on 13 11 14 or visit lifeline.org.au. Thanks for listening, and we hope to see you in person at a midweeker soon.